Cherise Chester, and the name of the company is Creative Vision Media. Media stands for Media Relations, Events, Designs, Intergovernmental Affairs, as well as the A is for Advertising and Advocacy for Small Businesses. This, this, is, this is Diversified Game Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, get your pen, your pad, recorders, whatever you guys are doing to retain information, because I'm going to give her a title, and it's the queen of, you know, getting you writing, government contracting, bonded, and all that good stuff. Queen Sharice is going to give us the game on what her company is doing, not just here in South Florida. She may be doing this nationwide or globally, so we're going to get right into it. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. Thank you. Tell the people, because there are a lot of, I don't want to call them scammers, but it's almost like government contracting is the new pyramid scheme. And people are saying, get rich. Come on. All you have to do is get certified, get your 8A, which we have. And it's like, I can tell you folks, if you don't know how or work your 8A, it's not going to do anything for you. But give us the game on what your company does. Okay, so first I want to give a little bit of background. When I started my business in 2002, I did a lot of public relations and marketing consulting. And then people kept saying, get certified, get certified, get certified. Got certified, didn't understand the value because you know everybody knows. And I say this, the certification process is designed to make you put the application down and don't complete it, right? That's an early process of elimination. So you have to press through. Once you do it the first time, it's a lot easier. So once you get certified, you say, okay, what now? The certification is actually a marketing tool, right? It positions you to bid on public agency contracts. So you have to use it as a tool to build relationships, not only with the agencies, but if you're gonna be a sub-consultant or subcontractor with a prime vendor. So um, it's a lot of work. But there's a lot of background that people don't learn until they get their first contract and they learn the hard way. So, (laughs) but it is an opportunity to scale your business. And like you said, if you don't do your homework before, especially with the 8A, because there's a window of how long you can be 8A certified, then you will miss on the maximizing that certification process. And, and, and just so people know, because I want people to come if they, you know, reach out to you, at what level do they need to be? Do they need to already have their, you know, business um, LLC or S Corp, whatever, or um, do they already need to have some certifications because you might not want to deal with what I sometimes call the low hanging fruit of people, you know, you got to walk, walk them all the way down. I, li- I don't mind that, but I have team members who can do all that. I want you to know what a source of SOT is. I want you to know, you know, the difference between an RFP and an RFQ. So give us the game on that. So absolutely. So there are some local, so let's, let's go back. So if you are in a county, that county requires you to have an occupational license for one year before you can get locally certified. 
And that's the small business certification because they want to make sure if you're certified, you're actually operating in that county and you're employing people in that county. So you got to count the clock at one year. As a matter of fact, I have an office that I set up almost a year ago. I got two more months before I can get certified in another county. So you have to physically find an office, start the clock, and then you can get certified in a year. That's on the local level. There's also the DBE certification, which is a federally funded certification. You should probably wait six months to a year, but I don't think there is a time restriction requirement. And one thing about the DBE, if you get certified in your state, you can use it anywhere in your state for any seaport, airport, transportation, construction project. But if you're looking at the local level in your county, you need to start after you've been in business a year. So that occupational license, keep that receipt because that's going to be a part of your application process. So that is the timeline. So and in that year, do your homework, build your relationships with the agencies, build your relationships with prime vendors, go to the outreach events. Don't just say let the clock count, but do your homework. So when you are able to apply, they already know you're coming. That is good, good information. Now, what do you think about, you know, during the pandemic, it seemed like, you know, everybody and their mama went to have a business. Um, they were rushing for the money. Now they're going to be rushing to the courtroom because they didn't read the Forbes article and all this stuff was going on. Um, what do you think, you know, people have these businesses now and they're legitimately trying to get in the game and maybe they got their first certification, but for somebody who they're like, well, there's so many departments and there's so many different procurement, you know, officers. And how do I focus on one? How do I know, you know, who to go after in my field with well, my NICS codes, you know, being maybe they're unique, like PR is one of those things. There's a hundred of us in every city, it seems. You're absolutely right. And I and go always keep if you keep this in mind, the game is designed to eliminate, which means if you're not going to do the homework. And understand when you're doing government contracting, it may take a year before you get some work because you got to build that relationship, understand the process. There are two things. Some agencies can directly buy your work. Let's say marketing. There's a project that's only $9,000. The internal procurement person can actually say, okay, give me three bids. Okay. The lowest bidder, I can do it. There's no bid process. It doesn't take three months. But you only know that when you make the relationships. How does that happen? Old fashioned way. You got to pick up the phone and say, hey, I want to meet with you. Remember now, they're government employees. What does that mean? They work for us. They're not doing you a favor. You've already paid them. So the onus is on you to call them and say, hey, when do you have one on one meetings? When can I come see you? And here's the million dollar thing. There is something called a forecasting list. Now, the big firms, the big multi-million dollar companies, they have people who do nothing but look at these lists. The forecasting list tells you what's coming out. So if we are in April, you should have gotten the forecasting list starting in January. It'll tell you what's coming in September. So what do you say? If you're a PR company, you say, wow, this project is too big. Let me see who bid it on this project the last time and see if they will partner with me in September and give me a portion. Because what's your goal? Your goal is just to demonstrate your work and your capability. Once you're in the door and you get 50,000 of a million dollar contract, 
you're building your credibility. So the next time it comes out, who knows? Maybe they'll allow you to be the prime. You flip it. There's enough, there are a lot of ways to do it. But the goal, the objective is find that forecasting list. If you want to do work in the city or the county, call the procurement department and say, where is your forecasting list online? And it'll tell you everything that's coming up. Step one. Step two, if the, if the project is scheduled to be rebid in September, ask them for the winning bid from the last time, right? Whoever has that contract now, they won the bid. It is public record. Ask them for a copy of what, the, of what they submitted. Sit down, evaluate it, and develop your own approach. You don't have to start from scratch. In fact, ask for all of the bids, right? Because then you'll see why the other people lost and you'll see how they were scored and you'll see the comments from the review committee. But so when you're a small business, that is very hard to do, but you have to make up in your mind, let me pursue one agency, right? Don't try to do five because it'd be overwhelming. Decide for yourself, I'm gonna pursue one agency. Once I get in the door with that one agency, it will help me get into the door with others. So first item, forecasting list. Second item, ask for the bids from the previous contract. So when it comes out again, you'll know how to answer all those questions and comments that were discussed for that award that you know is about to reopen. So that's the strategy. You can even ask for the recordings. So a lot of times when there's an RFP, you'll see in the bid, it'll say a presentation is required. For PR, always a presentation. Ask them for a copy of the recording. You want to hear the conversation. You want to hear the dialogue. So when you, if it's your first time presenting to a committee, you'll understand the language and you won't feel uncomfortable. Because when you do a presentation, you're only allowed your presentation, no pens, no paper, no nothing. Nothing. And then you make your presentation, they time you, and then they say, okay, questions. You get questions, you run over. If you run over by a minute, you're disqualified. So all of that homework you can be doing in a year, practicing to present, getting the background, listening to the actual recordings of their presentations. So you don't have to go in blinded. I'm sorry, I know that's a lot, but there's so no. much that I learned the hard way that I wish somebody would have told me, but it took what, 20 years later. <laughs> No, we're going to give the game and this is going to be you guys are going to get an associates, maybe even a bachelor's because, you know, many people will say, well, forecasting list, you mean I have to go to the city and I have to then go to each of these departments and pick no, one. No, no. Great point. The forecasting list is for that whole county. Right. So all of the different departments under the county will be on that forecasting list. So it should be somewhere on the website, but let me tell you, it's never easy to find. <laughs> sometimes it dis sometimes it disappears. Uh, yes. Seattle, yes. Seattle, Washington. I'm talking about you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, because I've seen cities like Seattle when we lived there. They had every RFP laid out if you were a member of, you know, certain business groups and these are and our government groups. And then, you know, two years later, they all disappear. You say, what happened? Oh, we didn't think it was really helpful. Are you kidding right. me? It right. was all of the RFPs. Right. And even when you're talking about the county, the city, the states, 
Do I go, okay, I go to Sam. People have told me this, Kelly, I go to Sam.gov. I did all that. But then you told me to go to FPDS. But then USA.gov sent me something. And then I got something from Larry. He wins all contracts and he wants 15,000 and he's guaranteeing me. And so people just get, you know, just so overwhelmed. And if you're a small business, you'll say this is too much. But remember the big dogs, they have teams of people just looking at the list, looking at what's coming out talking to procurement officers. And let me tell you, if you develop a relationship with a procurement officer, that's the key. But here's the deal. You've got to identify where do you want to focus? Federal, state, local, or you say local, state, or you say state and federal are closer. Let me do state and federal. But you can't, if if you're a small business, you can't. Or find a consultant or hire a virtual assistant that does nothing but that for you. That's all they do. You tell them you want you to you want them to target these five cities. You want an update, blah, blah. hire a virtual assistant. But it's not something that you can do today. Put it down and go back in June because you'll miss the opportunity. You'll miss it. You'll miss it. And here's the deal: if you're in business, you shouldn't be sleeping. So at two in the morning, get online and register as a vendor for all the cities or counties you want to do business in. If you don't have money, you got to use your time, right? So stay up and just register, just register. And then that way you'll see what's happening. Because sometimes people can't afford the, what is it? The bid sink here, the, the what's the other one? Um, all the different agencies have different vendors that they use. So that could be a lot for, your, for a small business. So there are a lot of ways to do it or partner with another small business. You guys get together because you're not competing and hire somebody to do both categories, PR or whatever else you're looking to do. You said a key word that I teach, preach, because with unity, we all win and we need teams. We cannot do it, especially in government contracting by ourselves with excellence, at least. What what do you think, though, about, you know, when the cities I'm about to call some cities out, but I I, got to live in Florida for right now. Um, What do you think about these cities who then go get these third parties and the third parties give you some things for free, but then say you need to pay. And it's like you're knocking certain people out, especially in the beginning, who haven't made their first dollar, maybe. And now they only get certain bids and RFPs. But if they paid, you know, 700, 1500 and up, they'd be getting everything. I mean, is that going to go away anytime soon? Do you think it's fair? I don't think it's going to go away. I, I don't think it's fair. But remember this saying, it takes money to make money. And that goes back to you got to because here's the deal, too. If you're a small business, remember, government contracting is harder to perform. For example, when we do small business compliance, I always ask small businesses, why you don't want to do um, business with the county? Because I have to pay my employees more <laughs> because I have to do benefits. If I do it in the private sector, I can pay my guys $25 an hour. If I do it in the government sector, I got to pay them $33 an hour. And they're going to verify my payroll before they release my money. And then I got to keep my bonding. Then I got to keep my insurance. And then if you're in the government, you got to keep your documents three to five years. Have you thought about where you're going to store everything? So there are a lot of things you have to be ready in government contracting. You have to make sure you're ready. So sometimes it's better to get the small $10,000 project so that you can understand that agency's process and policies and procedures. Because let me tell you, my first job, I was like, I need liability. What? Liability insurance. How much is that? Oh, that's 12 grand a year. 
12 grand a year, but what if my job is only 10,000? Exactly. Exactly. You got it. You got to You got to figure it out. And, you gotta and figure it out. It's a, it's, a, it's a higher mountain to climb, but once you're in it, it will work for you. Just pick one. Don't overwhelm. Just pick one. Master that one. Know everybody in there. Make sure everybody knows your name. And trust me, what that, that will translate to is when there's something coming that's bigger, they're going to call you and tell you to bid on it. But you got to build that relationship. What and you know when you talk about it being harder, my my limited experience in government contracting because everything that we've gone after, um, we knew we were going to win beforehand because of connections, right? When she said talking, I want to put that in quotes, y'all, because your friends can make you some ends, but and sometimes you're you know, there's a lot of things that happen in that talk. It might be over dinner, it might be here Bye. there. You know, right. there, there's a lot of, I, I don't want to get into it because I don't want, you know, creative vision to be on that list that I'm on. Um, it's the black helicopter. If he says too much list and they'll fly me back to Africa, but it's, it, it's very, it, it, it's a relationship. It's a real relationship. It's all relationship. It's all relationship. It's but the all work, but the work, and maybe because I think my team is smarter than a lot of the government. Um, because governments take seven years to make one decision and they got to get an act of Congress sometimes. But the work, once you get into it and you really know your craft, it's like, this is all we had to do. As long as we have a system, do you, and, and you're paid very well, usually, even for the small stuff, you know, short-term stuff. But there's a but. I want you to give your experience good, bad, and ugly, because I've known guys who've almost gone to jail because if they didn't repay that million dollars because the government canceled that contract as soon as they gave it and said, actually, we're going to renege right here in Miami. I can't say a name, but he's been a guest and he's talked about it. What, what is your relationship or what is your experience been when you do get that money? Do you hold on to that money for five years too, just like the paperwork or, yeah. you know, how, how do you work it? So because I am a public relations and marketing consultant, a lot of the work we do is on transportation and construction projects, which means we're sub to like engineering firms, et cetera. No. So the primes get the money and then they pay the subs. So your question is, do you hold on to the money? No, because you have to submit documentation with all. So, for example, for me, I have to submit documentation, which is called the progress report of every minute that I spent on the project, any backup documentation, as well as the invoice. So it's not just an invoice. It's all of this paperwork that you have to submit. Now, keep in mind, I'm glad you brought this up, payments. If you're going to get into government contracting, be prepared to cover the payroll for at least three to six months before you are paid. Because keep in mind, it goes to the prime for review, then it goes to the agency for review. And if the agency has comments and kicks it back then it comes back to you that's a whole month that's a whole month so the instance where you were saying that they hold on to the dollars i don't know i, I don't want to comment i don't you know anyway so just be prepared if you do pursue it most people get into it and i can tell you how many small businesses they get into it thinking they're going to get paid in 30 days and it's not the case it is not even though some local governments have a prompt payment ordinance remember now 
It says that you must be paid within two days after the prime has been paid, but it never talks about the approval process. So the approval process from when you submit it to when it's approved could take 90 days. I have seen payments take a year, a year. Let's say for instance, the prime has 10 subs. It's a major construction job. Two subs are not submitting the paperwork. So what do they do? They hold the whole package until everybody's in compliance and then they move it forward. So the main thing, government work, yes, you do get paid more because when I was doing PR and marketing consulting for nonprofits or um, elected officials or other people, I would say the rate was $50 an hour. In government, you get what is called a multiplier, right? So if you are a small business, they look at all of your financials, all of your payroll, and they say, okay, this person gets a multiplier of 2.5. So they take your $50 rate, multiply it by 2.5, and you're now getting what? Let's say 120 an hour. So you do make much more because what do they include? The overhead. You got to pay insurance. You got to pay rent. So that is the advantage of getting certified. You do make more on government contracts. Absolutely. And you're right. The work is less if you already have a system in place. The only thing about it is read the RFP, the request for proposal, to make sure you understand their requirements. How long you got to keep your documents? Which systems you have to use to upload your documents? Is it the BMWS? A lot of, a lot of states are using the BMWS to log in all of your payments, the LCP tracker to log in all of your payroll. If you don't have people in place to do that for you, you can get penalized. I have seen small businesses get penalized more than the amount of their contract. So do all of that homework in that year that you're waiting to learn or get certified at that local, take the LCP tracker class, take the BMWS class. All that stuff is very easy to do but you got to know it before you go into government work. And the way that you tell it, this will have somebody's ear perk up to say, I can do that. Or you want me to take classes? I was just trying to get rich. No, you're going to have to learn something. And I, I highly advise people. I even have videos. Get yourself a PTAC advisor. Go get your, you know, go to the SBA and score and talk right. to people. But, right. you know, a PTAC advisor helped me. Right. Get my 8A because she said, right. you're going to di be disqualified in a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. You might want to get it now. And that was, you know, uh, many moons, not many moons ago, but enough moons where I'm almost out of the program right. uh, shortly. Mm -hmm. Now, can you tell people about, we, we were talking about subs and some folks are like, you mean like 50 shades of gray? No, not that type of sub, y'all. Um, talk about why a prime would give a sub money because some folks are so greedy, they don't even know how to share, but they don't know that they're set asides and that sometimes I call it burning money. You gotta give it to someone. Sometimes you gotta give it to the black media, the Asian media. You gotta give somebody this money because it's in your contract. So can you talk about how subs can benefit and also how media companies, if they're registered, can benefit because they'll be on that list, especially black media. I need y'all to get on these lists. Okay, so for, let me say this, before a contract goes out to bid, they do something called availability. All counties, all agencies do what is called availability. 
They survey people by their codes to determine if they are able or have the capacity to do some work. For example, you get a, if you're in PR marketing, it says we're doing a master PR marketing plan for a major cultural facility. The budget is going to be $5 million. Please respond to tell us if you have the capability to perform this work. Firms that are interested respond and say, yes, we can do this, right? If enough certified small businesses respond, then they put a goal on it. So they'll say, okay, we got enough firms. Let's put a 20% small business goal, which goes back to your point. If a big PR company a worldwide, because we know if you're in one state, people from Texas or whatever, these national companies come in and bid on work that we all think should be for local, local, local companies, people who live and work here. So they'll put that 20% goal, look for that local PR and marketing company to partner with and that's how they pay their subconsultant. Um, that's how they find their subconsultant for the project because they know they need a local preference, right? They need a local firm, not only to understand the flavor and the dynamics of the local community, but because that's, that gives them more points on the contract. So they look for the smaller company and that's how the primes come in. But my criticism has always been break up the contract. If you know minority owned firms, are not going to be able to do a $5 million project because what do we know about PR and marketing? You got to buy ads up front, right? You got to do all of the stuff up front and wait for your expenses to be reimbursed, not your payments, but your expenses. So if you really want to grow small businesses, break that contract up. This has always been my criticism. Make it, make it two, 2.5 million or make it three, give three different firms a component, give one social media, give one advertising. So that way more firms can be the prime because you don't always want to be the, the sub. You want to lead the contract. That's where the real growth is. But if the contracts on the front end are not developed so small businesses can, you know, become if they become low hanging fruit, you'll never get that opportunity. So let me let me take a side note. And this is why we have to vote. Right. And this is why we have to go meet with our elected officials. Right. We have to be advocates and say, hey. I'm a PR firm, I'm a marketing firm, but every time something comes out, it's too big for us to manage because we don't have the 25 people. It's too big. Or how do I get some of this work? This contract has come out three years in a row and I still can't tap into it because it doesn't fit my niche. You've got to talk to your elected officials, tell them and insist that they redo these contracts. Because if the big guy from Texas comes to Florida and always wins the work, then we never get a real opportunity. Nobody Great. wants to keep doing work at $50,000. No, we want to do the $2 million, the $5 million project. But if it's not written, because, okay, I'm going to go back to, let me, let me say this. I have seen contracts written by the firm that's going to bid on it. Let's be real. And in the contract, they will say, must have five years of XYZ experience of this same exact work. And we all know that the last project, there was only one firm that performed the work. So what does that mean? Only one firm will really qualify to win the project. I wanna go deeper. 
That was a cut that I saw one about seven months ago, I think. And you had to have worked in basically every region of Florida <laughs> to qualify. I said, hold on, we qualify except for that. So I already know because I've won before we've as a team, we've won before things have even gone out because, you know, it, right. Massachusetts showed me how to how this right. whole game was was right. done. But right. the fact is, it's unfair. To me, and tell me, maybe I don't know this about Florida. I've asked and no one's been able to answer this, but for Seattle, Washington, they would say, well, as subs, you know, you guys do a lot of work. You can work on a billion dollar project, open up two train stations at the same time and do your PR stuff. But you, it's not tracked as a sub. And I said, why are not subs graded on a level just like the primes? The prime need a better level grade too. That's public. So when you get a CRD, everybody knows. And then just because you're sleeping with, oh, I mean, cousins with, oh, you're sleeping cousins, just because you're connected, whichever way doesn't mean you get another contract. Let somebody else get in there. There's a lot of us who want to show what we can do. Does Florida have anything to grade subs? Excellent point. No, it does not. And that goes back to, you don't always want to be a sub. You want to be a prime. You're absolutely right. But they do not grade the subs. And they don't even grade the prime's performance in relationship to the subs. Because if they graded that, then they would know some of these primes shouldn't get new contracts, right? But no, they don't grade the subs. That's an excellent point. Remember, the subs don't matter. <laughs> but the, the subs, subs matter. matter. The subs matter because when the prime can't do the job, I'm the wolf in Pulp Fiction. Hey, we got a problem. It's 48 hours. Can you handle it? And I know the money's not all the way right, but I'm like, that's all you need? Okay, I got you. And the job is done. And we save the day like Superman, you know? So subs matter. Um, so we need absolutely. to work with that. Subs matter because you're absolutely right. You'll get a call at four where they think you were a part of a conversation and it's Friday and they're saying, oh, it's due on Monday. And my question is, when did you learn about this deadline? Oh, we talked about it in a meeting two weeks ago, but I forgot to include you. Oh, so now it's my deadline. And you're right. We always deliver. We're, we always deliver. Absolutely. We have to. We have to because we know if we don't, our name is really on the line, and we'll never get a call back if we don't fulfill what we said. So you have to. You talked about meeting the politicians. I know I was in Tallahassee with all the black chambers got together. Beautiful thing. I personally think with all the chambers that got together, we need to dedicate one chamber to go every month because they said stay in our face this is the first right. time it's happened um can you talk about with you know what you've seen in the in the government because a lot of people don't even know how the you know their local government works what is it about being in the politician's face at the right time because they can only vote on stuff at certain times right what is it about that relationship for the you know 15 year old who's listening and is like why do I have to talk to the politicians? Like, what is it about that? So great question. So before I started my business in 2002, I was an aide to a state senator for eight years. So I worked in Tallahassee, right? But the right time is all the time. If you see him in the grocery store, talk to him then. If you see him at your kids go to school together, talk to them then. Keep talking to them. Because when I was in Tallahassee, the people who constantly showed up, who kept calling, who kept emailing, who kept, can I use this word, nagging, 
always got their policy pushed, always got their project funded. We, I go back to what I said at the beginning, they work for us. Government works for us. And we have to get out of the mindset of, oh, they're our leader. And we no, they are there because we put them there. So ask them to do something that's going to help support your business. If you think your community needs an incubator, call your local elected official. Maybe they've never thought about it. If you think contracting should be rewritten or redesigned, ask your local elected official for a meeting with your chamber, right? If you think your nonprofit that does business support in your community needs more funding for loans, call your elected official. That's their job. And it's never too early. For Tallahassee, we know session is always in March, but that stuff is happening a year before. So when you show up in March, it's too late. All of the policies have been written or drafted. All of the funding suggestions have already been drafted. Because like you said, they're meeting in coffee houses across the state. They're meeting in somebody's living room. This thing is planned out five, 10 years in advance. So always, it's always the right time to reach out to your elected official and develop that relationship because you never know you might be sharing something to them with them that they have not thought of or they have not seen as a priority until you bring it to them but no it's more than voting you got to advocate for businesses and you got to advocate for the community because if we, think about this the big companies have lobbyists so what does that mean smaller businesses have to be advocates Big companies have lobbyists that are always at the the, elected, the county commission meeting, always in Tallahassee, at the municipal meetings. So if we're small businesses, we have to raise our voice. You being, you know... Um, oh, let me add to that. Yeah, let me, let me okay, stop. So because I was in politics, and, and a lot of people don't like to hear this, that also means you need to write a check, right? That means you need to show up, write a check for someone who has the same mindset or approaches as you write a campaign contribution that's not a bad thing that's not a bad thing it's just becomes bad when people manipulate the system but that is a part of the process because what happens in our communities i'm sorry i'm getting too deep people who are elected in our communities are not sponsored by our communities and when i say sponsor what i mean is they're not getting their campaign dollars from our communities. So the, the, the priorities of our communities come from outside. The priorities of our communities should come from inside. And a part of that demonstration of priority is support your local people who you believe can help push the business agenda forward. Okay. Can, can you talk, go, let's even go deeper because a lot of people, you know, Gucci can get our money. Um, Walmart can get our money. And then when you say, hey, donate to your, if, if you're not sitting at the table and you haven't put something out, like we have a bad tendency globally. I was just in South Africa for almost a month and one of our local politicians were there that we met at Tallahassee and I'm hitting them on Instagram like, hey, you're here? Uh, you wanna have dinner with me and my family? You know, and he was on his way out because you know he, he can't stay a month. Everybody will be saying, what is he doing taking all that money? You know, right. but it's like try to connect with people wherever you can, like you said. But 
they also have rules where I can't really pay for too much of his meal. There used to be a time, y'all. It was a sweet time too. But but talk about, you know, there's ways around that too, where you know, oh, my, my no, there's no ways yeah. around it. There's no ways around it. That's why I asked this alone in politics. So you're right. There is a cap of a hundred dollars where you can like sit down and you know, where whatever, but they still must report it, right? There's a cap mm-hmm. of a hundred dollars. But you don't have to take them to dinner. Go to their office or meet for coffee. They buy their own coffee. You buy your own coffee. But don't ever feel that it is an inconvenience to them. It is a part of the process that you reach out and meet with them. I would challenge every business owner that's listening to this. Call and schedule a meeting with your elected official, your local elected official. And it could just be an introduction. It could just be an introduction to your business. That's the challenge. That is the challenge. We have to make ourselves connected. I don't care if you have a barbershop, a gas station, a PR firm, an engineering firm. You should know your elected official. And more importantly, because what is, what is the new thing? It used to be all about who you know. No, the new saying is it's about who knows you. So does your local elected official, state official, federal official know you? Do they know you're a business owner? Do they know your line of work? How can they give you the heads up on what's coming in six months when it's still open? Because remember now, there is a cone of silence for all bids. When they know it's coming and they can say, hey, X, Y, and Z, are you going to bid on this this project? Oh, I didn't know anything about it. But if they know you, your, your line of work, you might get a heads up. But wow, you got wow. to do the work. You got, and a lot of people don't like to build a relationship. You, as a business owner, are a brand, right? Sure, you can hire a marketing person. Sure, you can hire somebody to do your social media. But you, as a business owner, are a brand. So when you go to an event or a meeting, people should see you and know your business because you built your reputation and your brand. Now, what is a, with the success that you've had and the best is yet to come, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you would like to do in the future? Okay. So we all know that volunteerism is another way of building your brand. I can tell you a couple. One, I used to be a volunteer for the American Cancer Society, um, the Relay for Life. I did that for several years, served on the board of the Miami Day unit. And then that turned into a statewide marketing and PR contract, right? Just from volunteering, just from volunteering. Um, um, I also served on the community um, redevelopment agency board for eight years. As a matter of fact, my last week was in March. I did that for eight years and I said, I'm not gonna do another four years because it's time to allow someone else to have a chance to serve one and two, to mix it up in another area but I served on the CRA for eight years as well, where we give grants and funding to small businesses, where we're trying to bring economic development to the corridor. But of course we know when you give back, you're building relationships and you're sowing seeds for growth. I I, I, I love it, I love it. Because again, it's about giving before you get and globally, 
especially, I mean, for us, especially, you know, in Africa, folks, we got to stop having our hand out. You got to start saying, this is how I can help you. And I actually heard, I can hear one of you haters listening, because this is a top 2% podcast, listen notes, tell me, that can be heard on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and our latest partner at AYV Radio in Sierra Leone, Freetown. I could hear you say, well, why didn't you say the politician's name who was in Africa? Because he might not want his business known and you got to do your research. We don't say names because we're, we're that's not what we do in government contracting. It's a very, you're not going to get some big award like the Telly Award and be holding up your tellies and your Grammys and your Oscars after you slap somebody on stage. It's not that type of thing. You got to have the Al Heyman approach, not the Don King approach. When Will we get a book from you or a podcast? So all the wealth of knowledge that you have, we can say, okay, we've studied it. We've heard it now, but now we get to study it. When, when can we get that? So I, I like most people suffer from the paralysis of analysis. Do we all know what that means? Uh-huh. Where you're so focused on the name, you won't make the move. So that's where I am actually with the podcast, because last week we were doing the graphics and I changed the name like five times. So every business owner has a, a challenge and a struggle, and that is mine. So thank you for that. And I will let you know as soon as it's up and live. But one thing I do want to share with all business owners, and this is what I wish I would have done in 2002 when I started my business, get you a mentor. Get you a mentor, because everything I've learned I've learned the hard way, right? Find an honest mentor, someone that's really willing to pour into you, invest in you, and then you in turn find a mentee. I think that's the biggest challenge of most minority-owned firms. We don't have mentors. So we learn the hard way. I had my certification for seven years before I used it because mm. I didn't understand the value. It wasn't until an engineering firm called me and said, hey, I was, reckon to, I was recommended to you by councilman X, Y, and Z. Are you certified? I said, yes. And then the light came on. So I'm going to admit, I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> right? I did the paperwork. I did it. I didn't know what it was for. I just kept people hearing people say, get certified. So get your mentor. And here's the other thing. Get certified everywhere, even if you're not interested. Let me give you an example. I did a mentor protege program for Jackson Hospital in Miami, Florida. $1.2 billion project where we partnered multi-million dollar healthcare construction firms with small Black-owned, Hispanic-owned firms. Okay. Um, if you know, healthcare construction is one of those industries where you don't see a lot of people who, of color. So that's why this, this whole project was unique. We managed it for five years. As a matter of fact, they extended our contract two more years because of our, our management in terms of working with the small business, making sure they're getting paid on time. If they have employee challenges, supporting them. Because a lot of times when you're doing something new and at this level, $1.2 billion, you need a lot of support. So they made the investment in us as the advocacy consultants to support the small businesses. And as a matter of fact, we're doing a graduation ceremony in about a month. But I say all that to say, this company that I work with, international company, 
said to me, oh, you're doing great work. We want to take that to Virginia. Are you certified in Virginia? Man, awesome. And what did I have to say? I had to say no. I no, said, you were saying I'm about to be. Yeah, you like tell them like Malcolm X told yeah. Red. <laughs> remember, remember the rule though. You got to be certified what? That's A year. Right. A year. Would have, now let me ask, because this is just um, a hack. You say, I'm about to be, because we're doing a joint venture with another company. And of course you have to find that company, you know, that night, but would that have worked with this? Because they really have bought into you and your work. Right. And the thing is, I was going to be their sub, their certified sub. So to bring somebody in and bring me underneath, that eats up my value. So what have I done since? I got certified in Texas. I applied for Virginia. I just got my, where is it? My South Carolina. When was the last time I've been to South Carolina? Right? <laughs> Why? Because the application is exactly the same. And what else? It's free. So it doesn't cost me anything but time. But you will never call me again and ask me if I'm certified and I not be prepared. Nice. Right? You never have to use it. That's why I say, register to be a vendor in every place you're even interested where you think you're interested if you vacation there and you like it a little bit register because you never know what may come up of interest to you but the, the hard lesson that i learned is i wasn't prepared so i said next time i get that call my answer will be yes it will be now yes. now when somebody ask okay it's just you know filling out the paperwork um and you mentioned you know the virtual assistance i've told people fiverr upwork if you have Excellent. to just start somewhere do you have a list maybe you have a blog of people you've used that you want to keep them even getting work because again if someone does good work for me you don't work for me people work with me dave ramsey taught us that many moons ago you know just listening to his show but you have a list of people that you know can do that type of work that others can go tap into your network and say oh you said you know tunde from cameroon can do a great job anything like that out there i'm trying to get all up in your business no i haven't vetted a list because mine has been internal staff I haven't vetted a list. And, and here's the deal. With certification, I would be very careful because you're giving all your personal information. So it needs to be someone you have a, a relationship with. I wouldn't necessarily give it to a virtual assistant. Maybe pulling all the paperwork, like looking at your resume, pulling the application, letting them start it and all that, handwriting it and letting them type it, but you finalize it. Because remember, one thing about the certification, if you submit it and they reject it, then you got to wait to to apply again. So for certification, it can be very tricky, but the application is the same for all the states, right? And some states you can do it online where you say, use my Miami-Dade application for Texas. Use my you know, Florida application for Georgia, right? But the goal is wherever you think you might be interested, don't say I only work in Atlanta. I'm only gonna focus on Atlanta certification. No, branch out because you never know where the opportunity is gonna come. Be willing to drive three hours for a contract, right? Because that might be where you get your, your pivot, your biggest growth. Be willing to drive six hours, figure it out later. Pursue the work and figure it out later. It will all fall into place. 
And for people who say, wow, drive three hours, you guys have driven further for things like the Essence Festival and shared rooms. Learn how to, you know, you say you want to win in business. It's going to take some sacrifice. I don't want to have you give too much game. It'll be a game overload because they're going to have to rewind some of this. They're going to have to tap in. And if you reach out, please reach out ready to pay some money for her consulting because this is not a free 99 service and everything great cost um you know so tell the people where they can reach you and you know if you have any last words for them feel free so my last my closing two nuggets i want you to walk away with one get a mentor and two find that forecasting list those two things will change your life save you time and money okay if you want to find me, my website is thebestcreativeteam.com. Not, you notice it doesn't say Creative Vision Media because I wanted to make sure it's easy for you guys to remember. Thebestcreativeteam.com. And you can just enter some information into the contact us section and I'll, I'll respond to somebody from my team. You guys have gotten the game, whether you are listening or those of you who are trying to kick up the YouTube numbers. Hey, we're not fighting cats or dogs. So, you know, but if you want to learn something on YouTube, thank you for checking it out. And if you do nothing else, make sure you share the game. It will change somebody's life. Be blessed, y'all. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.